Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for women who want to elevate their health, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, corporate girl turned full-time online health and lifestyle entrepreneur. Join me every week for a high vibe conversation that will inspire you to live your best, healthiest, and most high vibe life. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome everyone to the High Vibe Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. I have Audrey Stimson on. She is from Memphis, Tennessee. She earned her bachelor's from University of Memphis, found her way to Manhattan, New York, and earned a master's degree in fashion photography. She started her own business and was living her best version of her like successful life, the typical successful life. However, there was one really big issue that she had to address. And that was her addiction to Adderall. And those of you that have listened to this podcast, you know that I have had an addiction to Adderall and it's something that is very close to my heart and spreading awareness around this. And she was actually taking it since the age of seven. So she was taking it for 23 years until she got completely off of it. And she had this realization. And now she is launching an ADHD coaching business and blog and in the process of writing an Adderall addiction book that will be, you know, published and available down the road. It's going to happen. And I'm so excited to bring her on. I feel like she has so much value to share with all of you. And I'm so excited for you to get to know her story and hear everything that she has to say. So Audrey, would you do me a huge favor and really just take us through your whole story and your whole journey? Because 23 years is a really long time. So just like start from the beginning and let's just hear your story. So I moved to New York after undergrad for, um, to get my master's in fashion photography, which is, as you know, like one of the, um, most notorious industries for needing to be thin, needing to be perfect. Um, and New York is just go, go, go all the time. Most people are on something. Most people work like crazy hours and it's unattainable, the lifestyle. And so, I was, you know, slaying, doing photo shoots, straight to the after parties. You know, I started drinking because I needed to come down from the Adderall. I would go to the doctors and be like, I need more. Like, I need to up my scripts. Like, this is like, I I can't function at this level. This is unattainable. And then the depression set in and then the anxiety and then they prescribe another pill and then they prescribe another pill. And all of a sudden you find yourself so sick and struggling with gut health issues. And there's no amount of Adderall that can really get you that high anymore. That high is not there. Like it was amazing at first. And I used it so, um, I used it for so many things, including ADHD from the age of seven, but I just, I never thought that I'd be free of it. I, I woke up in the morning and I needed to reach for my little orange pill. Like if I didn't have that, then I wasn't gonna be able to get any work done. I wouldn't be able to work out. I would gain weight, all of these things I told myself. And what I didn't realize is that Adderall was causing all of these things, <laughs> causing me the, causing the depression, causing the anxiety, causing the atorexia, which is actually anorexia on Adderall, um, and the gut health issues because it affects your serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine production. Over time, I stopped being able to process foods and then the alcohol and then the other antidepressants and everything that they prescribed to counterbalance this 
this feeling, it just, it just ended up with me on the hospital floor for the third time. Well, that was in the hospital for the third time. And I just knew something had to change. I was like, I'll never be able to have kids. I'll never be able to like have a successful relationship if I don't get to the bottom of this because it controlled my entire life. And I knew I needed to change and I needed to remove myself from the stressors of New York and retreat to nature. And that's where I started. This journey was really about the realization of it and being like, okay, I've got to do something. So what I want to ask was at this point, it felt like you hit rock bottom, right? At the point when you had that realization, you're on the, in the hospital for the third time because of Adderall, I'm guessing Adderall and drugs and alcohol, all the things that just compounded. I know for me personally, I felt like I had to drink or smoke weed to feel like I could come down and go to bed after taking Adderall. I felt like the um, lying down after mm-hmm. like, I literally could not function without, mm-hmm. without it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I I remember getting to that point as well. And I wasn't taking it nearly as long as you. So I wanted to ask, my first question was, how many milligrams were you taking a day at this point before you ended up in the hospital? 40. 40 milligrams prescribed. Yes. And so I know a lot of other people that have abused the drug can go up to anywhere of like 80 milligrams, but I was (laughs) I was really trying so hard to regulate it but I just knew that I couldn't like keep extending it. And doctors wouldn't in New York because, I mean, I went to a couple of different doctors, which we call it doctor shopping, which I talk about in my book. And, you know, one was like, well, I don't want to prescribe you that much. And I was like, okay, I'll go to someone else. Like, mm-hmm. and I really did get to a point where I knew that I didn't need to up it anymore because I knew, I knew after being on it since seven, that like, it wasn't going to get better. It doesn't. And your body, like you said, you really start to get immune to it. Like you just need more and you need more. And like, before you know it, a 30 milligram instant release pill is not doing the same thing that it was a year ago, two years ago. And that was me. I, I was taking it a lot for, I thought I had ADHD and I thought I needed it. I had, you know, I was in college and and when you're in that environment, when so many people are taking it, it almost just becomes normalized. And then I started abusing it. Pop an Addy. Pop huh? an Addy. Yeah. You, you get on TikTok. Literally, I've been targeting like the hashtag on TikTok. Uh-huh. Adderall Club. Wow. They like make fun of it. And they're like talking about how amazing it is. And let's slay. And like, I just need to pop my Addy. And like. Wow. And I'm yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, but it's so crazy how it's become so normalized. Like, and when you're in that environment where it's so normalized, like you said, like when you were in New York, everyone was on something because they were they were living a lifestyle that was just unsustainable. And that, you know, you needed to relax, you needed to recharge. Like that is part of life is to be able to to work and relax and have that that balance in the sense. And so I also took it because I thought I needed to focus. I had a very demanding schedule. I was working and going to school and all of these, you know, demands. And then also I had an eating disorder problem. I was bulimic before I started taking Adderall. And then I started taking Adderall and it just curbed my appetite. So I was like, okay, well now my eating disorder solved, but it really wasn't because I was just taking Adderall to curb the appetite. And I would go hours and hours and the whole day without eating food. 
because I was just taking so much Adderall. And so everything that you said right there, I was like, oh my gosh, like I know exactly what and it feels like. Fear, the biggest fear for so many coming off is to gain that 30 yes. pounds that they say that you're going to gain when you come off of it. And it is true that there's a dope, there is a dip in the metabolism due to the lack of dopamine. And, you know, there is a way to counteract that. And that's what I'm going to go into detail about in my book, but it's super important to get that, that natural dopamine daily. And also to fix your food first, because without that, I know that I would have gained the, the weight I needed to really like have a food code, dopamine enhancing foods, serotonin enhancing foods and foods that would keep me full all day long and get rid of the anxiety, the depression and things like that. Okay. I definitely want to dive into some of the nutrition and food code and what you did to heal and be able to get off of it in a way that was healthy and sustainable. Because I know for me, when I did it, I was going in blind. I had no guidance. I had no help. There was like not a lot of resources out there at all talking about it. And I did gain a little bit of weight, but I did take my nutrition super seriously. Um, and I started eating tons of vegetables, leafy greens, drinking lots of water, and just like trying to eat real whole foods because that was something that I wasn't doing enough of. But before we dive into like the food code and all of that stuff, I want to rewind back to when you started taking it and getting diagnosed at seven years old. That is insane to me. That is such a young age to start taking a prescribed like amphetamine. It's insane. And so I want to kind of talk about that. Yeah. That's not even the youngest age. So they're even diagnosing at three and four years old and what children there, there are documents and articles about it online that you can find that three and four year old toddlers are being put on Adderall as an approved drug. There are 3.5 million children currently on Adderall. Wow. 3.5 million. Wow. That is insane to me because it is like, it is a very intense, very highly addictive drug. I mean, I'm sure you know this and it changes all the chemicals in your, in your brain and the way that your body functions. And it's just insane to me. And it's so sad how big pharma has really taken over a lot of people, like the healthcare system when like, what you really need to do is take care of your health and take ownership of your health and eat the right foods. A lot of people are eating too much processed sugar, too much processed foods, a bunch of crap. And they think that they have a focus. Yeah. And they think they have a focus problem, but it's like, you're just eating crap. Well, well, to do, to say like, I do believe that I have ADHD and I do Mm -hmm. believe that ADHD is attributed to trauma, which is a is attributed to the attachment attunement relationship that did or did not form with the mother in the first years of life. And I've learned a lot about that by reading the book by Scattered by Dr. Gabor Mott. It is ADHD, OCD, depression, anxiety, all of these things, bipolar disorder, they're a way to disassociate. Um, They are all attributed to trauma. Wow. If you can fix the trauma, you treat the trauma, not the child. You treat Mm -hmm. the underlying issue. You treat it with, what are you putting in your body every day? What is going on in the home? And sometimes medication isn't the only option because say like I came from a privileged life. 
you know, my dad was a doctor. I mean, my dad, not my dad, my dad is a lawyer. My mom um, has her master's in nursing and works at St. Jude Children's Hospital. They were smart people, but the doctors were like, you need three different doctors told them that I needed to be put on this medication. Although I was making good grades in second grade. I just what were the, what were the problems or the symptoms that they started bringing you to the doctor to begin so with? I've always felt things very deeply. I can feel the energy of others. And I didn't know at a young age, how to manage that, how to deal with that. A lot of it was probably attributed to food and the sugar and everything that was put into my body. But it also, I've always really, um, it's anxiety. It's an overwhelming anxiety. And I have had issues with focusing and the dopamine, those with ADHD do actually have issues with their dopamine synapses. So there are ways to counteract that without medication, but they didn't do anything else. They just were like, you need to put your child on this medication. And they didn't want to at first, but two other doctors said the same thing, this new miracle drug, it had just come out on the market. And so, because there's no Google, there's no like, well, what has this done to other people? Now you Google it and you're like, it's addictive. Like first thing that comes up is um, recovery centers. And you're just wow. like, maybe I shouldn't put my kid on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not saying all medications are bad. That's another thing that I really want to preface sometimes there really is, oh, like there's an in-between. I don't think that they are a permanent solution, mm -hmm. but I think that there are imbalances due to trauma. And if you don't treat the trauma and really work to deal with that, especially if you come from a really bad home life, which is what I was saying earlier, and you can't remove them from that situation, but they're like banging their head against the wall all day. And like, you can't get them to sit still and you can't fix their food. You can't fix their parents. You can't fix like the economical, mm -hmm. you know, situation that they're coming from. So what do you do? <laughs> and I, that's what I'm saying. Like last case scenario, I don't ever recommend putting someone on Adderall, but there are medications out there mm -hmm. that can help with that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do, do want to mention like, as far as like prescriptions go and stuff like that. I mean, every, every person's a little bit different and I, and everyone's going through different things. Everyone has different traumas and different scenarios, like you said. So it's not always just a one size fits all. And it's not always just black and white. Right. And I think treating it more like a case by case basis, how individuals are is very, very important. But I do think there are certain protocols that one should probably go through before getting prescribed Adderall. Right. percent. And I, I feel like I was so easily prescribed Adderall. Like it was just, here you go. Like, sounds like you have ADD. Here you go. And then I would just go back to the doctor. This isn't strong enough. And he would just keep on upping my dose until I got to 60 milligrams prescribed a day. Instant release. I, I literally I got the max. I have no idea how someone just like prescribes that. Like I, those people, I, I can't say that, but I want to say like, I just, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And it was just insane. I'm thinking about those people, I'm not going to say. Yeah. Lot. And it, it's just, it, I just feel like there it's, there's things that people can be healed. Like I think therapy, you know, finding the right therapist or like, just, it, you know, there's so many other treatments that can happen that 
before you get to the Adderall prescription. But so many people just go straight to the Adderall prescription or just get that or think that they need it. And it's sad to me when it's to given to kids who don't really have a choice. Like they don't know. They're too young to really make an educated decision for themselves. Yeah. And that to me breaks my heart. I had another guest on who started taking it when she was like nine or 10. Um, and same thing, like she was having trouble focusing and all this stuff. And she was on it for 17 years, I believe, which is just insane, insane to me. Um, so what I wanted to ask, like, let's lead in. So you started at a very, very young age when it was still brand new on the market. I want to talk about fast forward into more of your adulthood when you started noticing that it was causing problems in your life. Like when were you really aware that it was an issue and that you were addicted and that it was causing problems in your life? At what point did that you start to have that awareness? Oh, I think I've all, like, I think I started knowing around um, in high school when I started using it to curb my appetite. Um, mm-hmm. I'd always been using it, mm-hmm. but um, I realized that like I could, well, actually, Adderall increases your anxiety and your atorexia, which they actually have a name for it. So I started, you know, curbing my appetite and and using that as a way to stay thin or to work out or to slay or to get like things done. And I knew that I, I couldn't live without it. I didn't know that's what it I didn't. And I, I was like, I'm prescribed. I'm not an addict. I need mm-hmm. this. And I didn't know that my body had become physiologically and psychologically addicted, but I knew something had to change when I was so sick. And I realized that I couldn't really do anything without thinking about that first. If I was going to go out for the night, if I was going to go out of town, I needed to up my scripts. I needed to like go to Walgreens or Dwayne Reed or wherever and like make sure, you know, it was always on my to-do list. They were riddled with pickup meds go to psychiatrists, like, you know, those kind of things. And it just became too overwhelming. I do want to go into how I got rid of my addiction with one session of EMDR therapy. Let's definitely, definitely talk about that. So let's dive into, you knew you started having a problem in high school, which I think is a very young age to have that self-awareness. So now you hit rock bottom and then you moved out of New York because you're like, I need to get out of here. And now you started to go into your healing journey. You realized you needed to make a change. So I don't know anything about this type of therapy. So please educate me and educate my audience. And I want to understand more. Okay. So EMDR therapy is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. It basically in short terms gets to the root cause of the trauma that you can't, so you you can be like, I know what my problem is. I wake up every morning and I want to reach for my pills and I don't know how to stop that from happening. I'm physiologically and psychologically addicted to this drug, whether or not I'll be with, I'll have withdrawal or whatever. I just need to get rid of my need for this because every single time I'm titrating down, which is what I started to do first after removing myself from the stressors of New York, I then, you know, retreated to nature and I was like, I can't keep doing this like, um, titration down because it's actually making things worse. So you were lowering your doses. Is that what you mean by titrating down? Okay. And as I did that, I started to realize that my gut was actually getting worse 
because of the serotonin issues. And it had been regulating my serotonin for 23 years. And all of a sudden, because 90% of your serotonin is in your gut, you're like, you want me to process your food? Nope, not going to do that. And so you start having issues with foods. And I was like, I, I can't like keep doing this to myself over and over. So I said, I looked up a, a therapist. I was like, I got to find somebody that can, you know, do something and get to the root of this problem, mm-hmm. the prefrontal cortex and like get to my trauma, my addiction memory. So I found this guy, um, Herb Cohen in Huntington, New York, and he specialized in addiction therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, a lot of different holistic and mind body therapies. He even uses crystals and all these other different things and energy healing. I was like, this guy's perfect. Like, I, I don't want to just go to like, talk about my feelings. Like, I know it's wrong with me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, I know that I have a problem. I just can't get rid of it. I can't turn it off. Mm-hmm. And so we, he gave me these scents. He was like, I can get you off of Adderall in one day. And I was like, yes. what? there's no way like there's (laughs) no way that you can like get rid of my need for this drug I mean Mm -hmm. I wake up and it's like yeah okay so I went and you know did this therapy and he gives me these sensors these for bilateral stimulation and you can do it with eye movement or you can do it with bilateral stimulation there's different ways to do this therapy to target the memory but basically I'll walk you through instead of the clinical version or like explanation of everything I'll walk you through like what happened Mm -hmm. so I'm using and he gives me these sensors and I hold them in my hands and he tells me to start thinking about all of the times that I was using Adderall to slay or that it that I was in the addiction memory like that it made me feel high he wanted Mm -hmm. me to get high in my mind so I started thinking about the memories and then he was in, you know, trained to see, okay, her eyes are now in the memory. Let's turn the sensors on. He starts turning the sensors on and they're, they're vibrating. And he's like, we'll keep walking through the memories, keep walking through the memories until they stop. And he said, are they flooding? And I was like, what's that mean? Yeah. Flooding. And, and yes, all these memories just kept popping up of all the times I used this drug. And a lot of other drugs came up alcohol, cocaine at one point, that wasn't a very long extended period, but you know, Mm -hmm. you participate in other things when you're on this drug Yeah, (laughs) and, um, all of these memories kept flooding back. And when it stopped, he turned off the sensors and he was like, are they, are they finished? And I was like, yes. And he turned off the sensors and he was like, we're finished. And he had crystals out under my legs and some other things that he was doing. And I don't really know what he was doing. Uh Uh-huh. But I was like, there's no way that worked. There's no <laughs> way. I yeah. What? I'm like, I'm entranced right now. I'm like, what? Okay. So I then go home and I'm just telling my fiance at the time, now my husband, I'm like, there's no way that that worked. Like, okay. Like, this is just stupid. Mm-hmm. So I wake up the next morning and I didn't want to reach for my pills. Not, not kidding. I, I literally get chills thinking about it still. And I'm just like, no, I didn't want alcohol either, which was not even my goal, but because it was related to the Adderall, because it was related to the wind down, I didn't like, I can still have like a, a tequila Blanco, which is actually the only one that they suggest for the gut yeah. feeling. Um, 
but I doesn't like, I, I don't like crave it. You don't need it or anything. No, but I have yeah. become addicted to ad- alcohol because of Adderall mm-hmm. because I needed it to come down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise I like couldn't function. Yeah. I mean that I'm not saying that that's like the end all be all. And there's not a lot of other things that you have to go through specifically the food and the serotonin and dopamine issues that happen and the anhedonia that happens, which is like lack of like desire for life. <laughs> like when the first year it's a little hard. So you have to do some things to make sure that you, you, you have to know that you're not your withdrawal. That's so important. I'm like, so I'm like, I'm like at a loss for words right now. I know. I never do a follow-up session with him and ask him like what happened. Like you never, so that was the last day and then you never had a desire for Adderall. I did more. Okay. So I never had more desire for the Adderall, but in order to keep yourself from getting addicted to anything else, Mm -hmm. it is important to continue EMDR therapy to target the actual trauma that is attributed to the ADHD symptoms and attachment attunement relationship in early childhood to actually get rid of the underlying cause that, that gets someone addicted to a drug. And we worked further on that. We worked further on my eating disorder, targeting the memories of food. And for the first time in my entire life, like, I mean, I'm pregnant now. I'm like six months pregnant. I never thought that I would be able to like love this process or like it really targeted the trauma underneath. And a lot of my ADHD symptoms have been alleviated the anxiety because we targeted the underlying cause. And I'm not saying that it's like all ever going to go away, but a lot of the, it's basically you reduce the triggers from the memories and the traumas. You're able to target that with this therapy and get to the root cause. And I'll go into more detail about clinical stuff in my book with doctor support from Dr. Gabor Mott and Dr. Herb Cohen. Um, He is actually like going to be a part of this book. Amazing. So I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I know what worked and I was on it 23 years. I'm like one of the longest case studies that there is. And I swear if I can get rid of my addiction to Adderall, then anyone can. Yeah. I never thought that I would live about this drug. I was only on it for six years and I felt like that too. I felt, I felt like I lost my identity without it. Like I couldn't get anything done that I wouldn't be as high achieving or productive or anything, you know, like I, I felt like I didn't know who I was without Adderall for a very long time. It's insane. It's so scary. And, and it's just like terrifying. And there was those times where I tried to like wean myself off and all of this stuff. And I was just unsuccessful every single time. Because Um, it's so hard if you don't, you really have to remove yourself from the stressors, get rid of the actual physiological addiction, fix your food first so that you don't deal with the devastating issues of serotonin, dopamine, and overall anhedonia. You can, you can use mood boosting foods and I have nutritional support from a nutritionist. And then I used unicorn wellness studio, um, food, uh, wellness guidebook and food code. Mm-hmm. It's a reset that's actually in the toolkit on my website. Um, I have the book and um, her Reiki infused Pilates movements for healing. They, you can actually get rid of the trauma in your body through fitness. And I've always been like a hardcore fitness person and I still lift weights and I still do other things, mm-hmm. but I don't do as much cardio 
and high cortisol building workouts. And I do a lot more of the Reiki infused Pilates because it, I was like always bloated or like, kind of like, you know, there's a lot of ways to navigate that and help with your dopamine by regulating the overall system. Okay. So I know that you're going to be talking about this in detail in your book. Sounds like you're getting a lot of outside yeah, support as well. So like, just top. give me some, some of your top tips when it comes to food code, like, you know, you don't have to give away everything, but just something where people can listen to this and they can have some, some things in their diet that they might need to change, you know, okay. any, so any tips with food code for ADHD. First, like, I think everybody should drink half their body in ounces of water a day. Like, Amen. <laughs> like you, your body. Yeah. Water is key. I cut out gluten. It causes foggy headedness. So that inability to think properly. It also has a lot of glyphosate. That's all due to Roundup being sprayed on our on the gluten products right before it goes in your mouth not like in the early stages but right before and then all of a sudden your body's like I can't process this as food and you're having inflammatory responses um I know that for me that was a big one sugar sugar Mm -hmm. is a huge one added sugar or like all sugar including fruit not fruit I do, okay. fruit, I do fruit every morning. Okay. So and like, just like all of the added sugar, refined added sugars, sugars, processed all sugars, sugars processed. Okay. And I don't do processed foods. Mm-hmm. That's I huge. switched, I got rid of all like canola oils, vegetable oils, soybean oils, any of those vegetable oils, including peanut. Like there's a lot of like different oils that if you like go- Google, they can like show up on there. I think I'm going to write a blog post about the oils not to use, but coconut oil and olive oil, coconut oil I use on everything basically. And why is that versus the other oils? I'm very curious because there, there is a point, let me just give you a little backstory where I was watching a documentary and they were talking about how all of the, just like so much saturated fat and you know, the oils being like very processed and all of this stuff. And, um, I remember telling my boyfriend, I was like, okay, we need to stop using oils, like, you know, just like on the pan and stuff like that. And it was very short lived. We still use coconut oil on some things, but we, you know, we've cut it out for the most part, but we love coconut oil just on our bodies as well. Like we use coconut oil instead of lotion. And yeah, I, I just love coconut oil, <laughs> but I'm very curious why coconut oil instead of other oils. I'm not sure about olive oil, but I know you're saying the like omega six to three ratio. There's a lot of omega sixes and a lot of the other oils. And we have like a higher ratio of that. And then, so we have to eat more omega threes to counterbalance that. And then our bodies are more inflamed. I mean, I, I'm going to go into detail about it in the book because yeah. It's still stuff that I'm researching. I just know what works for Mm -hmm. my body. But she also, um, Tandy uh, explains a lot of that in her Unicorn Wellness Guidebook. That's on your blog? Yes. Okay. So I'll link your blog and everything and direct people to that as well. But definitely cutting out vegetable oils and seed oils that are inflammatory and high in omega-6. Okay. So oils, gluten, processed foods. Just be very careful. Like when you're like- like there's so, I, I feel like what everyone needs to do is go and like for one week, every single item that they eat, 
they need to write down the ingredients that are on their foods. And they, they did, I don't think half of them would eat the products that they've been putting in their body. Or they wouldn't even know what they're putting into their bodies. I used, <laughs> like, I used to eat hummus all the time and I loved it. And I realized that all of those like saber hummuses have canola oil in them. Wow. A lot of oh. roasted nuts have oil, like canola mm-hmm. oil or vegetable oils in them. You don't think, about, you're like, this is healthy. Yeah. Like I used to eat healthy. I thought mm-hmm. I did. Like I really was always like trying to eat healthy, but you know, gluten-free doesn't mean healthy. Mm-mm. Some of the gluten-free products are actually worse because they're processed. Anything that's processed, you have to really think about it. I do like Thrive Market. You can search by um, oil. You can search by like gluten-free. There's like- Ingredients other, and know, stuff. And I still don't eat a lot of processed foods because my gut is still healing. Mm-hmm. Because even a year later, I'm still incorporating new foods. Yeah. It got reset. Actually, it's like an elimination diet and it helps you realize what's causing the ADHD symptoms, what is causing you to be inflamed, what's not causing you to be inflamed. And some of them were raw vegetables, mm-hmm. certain things that inflame your gut. If it's already messed up because it's been compromised due to antibiotics, birth control pills, Adderall stimulants, things like mm-hmm. this, that over time, alcohol, they, over time, they really, really affect our gut health. So how did you start learning more about gut health? Where did you start seeing a doctor or a holistic nutritionist, or were you doing a lot of your own research and then applying that to your own, your own diet? I read, I read the unicorn wellness guidebook. I swear if everyone needs to read that book. Okay. Unicorn wellness guidebook, which is linked she did on it your based blog. Off of because she, Tandy, um, she had her fitness background mm-hmm. and, you know, for like 20 years and then she had to have a thyroidectomy due to wow. celiac that went undiagnosed for like 20 years. And she wrote the guidebook that she wished she'd had, just like I'm writing a guidebook about Adderall addiction that I wished I'd had. There was nothing out there to help me with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know everything about nutrition. I'm still learning and I'm going to have to have a lot of resources in my book to explain why the things that I know worked, worked mm-hmm. because it's very complicated. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of like PUFAs versus like, you know, whatever. I, I, it's just stuff that I'm still learning, mm-hmm. but I do believe that it's super important to follow people like Dr. Mark Hyman. Um, he's really great. Or the medical medium. I love that medium. Those are great resources for just quick guides of certain foods to cut out, um, I do coconut water with uh, bananas every morning, bananas for magnesium, like for example, Mm -hmm. or, um, and berries in the morning. And I do, I sweet potatoes. I swear by them. Sweet potatoes baked in coconut oil. They give me at my brain, the food that it needs, like the, the brain food that I need. And I'm able to function really well Mm -hmm. with that complex carb. I, and also protein twice a day because serotonin and dopamine are amino acids that are produced because of protein metabolism. If no protein is metabolized, serotonin and dopamine don't have the conversation with your brain and your brain and your gut don't function. Mm -hmm. Wow. I feel like we could, there's definitely so much information on nutrition and it sounds like you're still like bringing in new information. Yeah. And there's also so many moving parts and stuff. But I feel like the foundational thing is like, 
eat real food, (laughs) eat, eat real whole food from the earth. And like, eventually then you can dive into all of these like nitty gritty details. But a lot of people are eating processed foods. They're eating tons of gluten. They're eating tons of added sugar. Like they're just not even eating from the earth. And they don't even know sugars in things like sugars in like your crackers, sugars, like it's literally in every, and you can find versions without those certain things. And maybe this reset, maybe you can have certain, you know, whatever there are sugar substitutes like molasses, honey, there's one, a date sugar. Yeah. There's certain things that you can supplement. And I know it's hard. I mean, it's not an easy fix for someone that, you know, say that they have three kids and they're busy and they're like, I don't have time to do this. Like what I do is I batch cook once a week. You have to cook anyways. Mm-hmm. Right? So I just always have vegetables ready. I always have potatoes ready. I always have like a protein ready. And I just like make those every day. It's, it's, it's a lot of work at first, Mm-hmm. But you have it made for the entire week. And then your whole family has their food for the entire week as well. And then you decide to eat out. At least you've had like these other things to supplement you. Yeah, that's super important. And I think at some point you just have to make the decision that your health and your family's health matters. You know, because the truth is, is like everyone is busy. Everyone feels like they're being being pulled in a million different directions. But if you keep on neglecting your health and saying you don't have the time or you don't have the money and like, not that those aren't valid, they're probably very real in that person's reality, right? Like it's very real. You probably feel like, yeah, but I do think it's so important. Like if you don't have your health, like nothing else matters. You're not going to be alive, you know, and you're going to be struggling. So I think it's so Hospital bills are way more expensive. Yeah. And so it's just so important. I think it just comes down to ma- making it a priority and making it matter. And where, where there's a will, there's a way. And it sounds like you were at that point where you you knew you needed to change. And so you were willing to just do, you know, make these changes. Um, and it was like the pain of changing was less than the pain of staying the same. I always say that's when people change when, when the pain of changing is less than the pain of staying the yeah, same. I mean, I know? was crying in, on the bathroom floor because my gut was so distended and I was like so much pain and I didn't know it was wrong. And I went to doctors and they were like, there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm like, I just fainted in the hospital floor there's something wrong with me. And it's because the Adderall had affected my gut and nutritionists can test for that. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times they'll just be like, you're crazy. It's like you, like you have an invisible illness and there's so many people out there struggling with that, with gut health issues. And they're like, they tell me that there's nothing wrong. And it's all because of what we're putting in our bodies that have just compromised our, I mean, and you don't think like at 32 years old, like my gut health is like screwed up. Like that can't be possible, but Mm -hmm. due to extended like use of pills or things that regulate your serotonin and, and dopamine and norepinephrine production, all of which 90% of your serotonin is in your gut. Like, how is that not going to, and so it's all these SSRIs that are affecting our gut health and like serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Okay which is like Adderall is a serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine um, reuptake inhibitor. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it affects all of those um, neurotransmitters. Wow. But the serotonin is the gut-based one. And it's the only, in order for your brain, the, the conversation goes from your gut to your brain, not from your brain to your gut. So in order for your brain to function at all, the serotonin in your gut needs to be able to work properly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and it's just, problems yeah, I, mean, I didn't know any of this. Like, yeah. It's just, and it's no, like, I mean, I didn't either. And I was doing it blind. Like when I, when I quit, I, I was completely issues, blind. Did blind. you have issues with like, um, healing with foods or anything like that? So my, well, I was going on and off of trying to like take my, um, you know, lessen my dose or go days without Adderall and stuff like that for about six months. Like I was like seeing therapists trying to get help. Like therapists had no idea what I was going through. They couldn't relate. I found like life coaches and I'm trying to get off my Adderall and it just, nothing was helping. And I just remember one day I was like, I, I need, I I'm very all or nothing. And I know this isn't always recommended to just like stop taking your pills. But I was at that point where I was like, on and off of weaning myself off at that point. And I just got rid of everything. And I told my boyfriend, I, I was like, I need to get off of this completely. And what I did was I got, I stopped eating gluten. Um, I drank a ton of water. I, I was just eating whole foods, like real foods all the time, um, moving my body in ways that felt good. And I couldn't take work off. I didn't have like vacation time or anything like that. I still had to go to work, but I did, I didn't necessarily experience any type of like, I wouldn't say physical withdrawals, but I did have like some brain fog where I felt like I couldn't focus. I felt like I was struggling through life. And I don't know how much of that was like mental and how much of that was like my gut was healing, you know, but I definitely did go through some brain fog. I did miss some deadlines because I just, I couldn't get the work done. I was like, I just, I can't focus. I can't get it done. Um, and that lasted about like three, three weeks before I started to feel a little bit normal again. So that was, that was my, my journey. Dopamine deficiency is another one. And I definitely talk about moving your body daily. Um, mm -hmm. and that's why at first when you, you, it's so hard and you have like no energy, mm -hmm. it doesn't, that's why I recommend the unicorn wellness studio Reiki infused Pilates workouts. They're 30 minutes. They're based around the cycles of the moon and they aren't super high intensity, but all of a sudden you like realize that after you've done it, you feel like you can function and your brain works better and the, you, the do it, it increases your dopamine. And mm -hmm. when, when you come off of um, Adderall, you don't have the help of the dopamine reuptake inhibitor that you've been using forever, however long you've been using it. And I know that for some people, like my workout schedule, like my, I couldn't do mine for like maybe two months, like the, the crazy intense mm -hmm. stuff. So just do something by doing this like unicorn wellness studio, like, and, and then eventually just, you'll, you'll realize how much it works and keep it as a part of your two days out of the week, three days out of the week. Um, yeah. Moving my body helped a lot as like well. It's key. Otherwise, like I literally couldn't function. I, I move my body every day yeah. and, and it doesn't have to be like an hour but like, you've got to do something, even if it's like going on a walk in nature, which is another thing I talk about. Nature is key grounding meditation. I meditate daily, cold, hot showers for dopamine. I mean, there's just so many things that I'm going to go into in my book that will help. But I just feel like the one thing that I want to tell people is that I have ADHD. It is harder for me to focus, which I believe ADHD is like a term that is created to describe trauma, mm -hmm. um, but I, I do have issues with my dopamine synapses and with the tools that I use with a food code, movement, daily meditation, using EMDR therapy to get to the root cause of the trauma, I'm able to 
function at a high level and write a book, write a blog, write a blog, be able to, you know, I just started the blog, like literally like a week ago. So <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, because wow. I've only been off this for a year and six months. I had a company, I had a photo website, like, mm-hmm. you know, I did all these other things, but now I'm starting this new process and new journey because I realized on TikTok, like after 80,000 people were commenting on my videos, not mm-hmm. commenting, but liking, I was like, this is a problem. They need help now. And I just wanted to offer resources immediately. So there's a link for the EMDR therapy. There's a, he does online on your blog, on my blog. There's a okay. toolkit. There's an ADHD toolkit. Amazing. It has a link to the book. It has a link to the mood food Bible that my friend Mazane did. Um, probably butchering her name. I actually met her on Instagram. She came off of Ritalin and she became a nutritionist or she's a nutritionist and she wrote a mood food Bible for coming off stimulant medication. And I have a link to that on my site, as well as a link to the 14 day trial of the unicorn wellness studio, Reiki infused Pilates movements. Eventually I'll have like my routine daily and like other things. But that's a great place to start for people. So there's also a link for podcasts too. So okay. other that I've been on just if they need to like hear me, like, cause sometimes I, you know, I will respond to DMS on Instagram at, at modern factory girl, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's easier to just be like, here's the toolkit. Go here. Yeah. Here's the podcast because I've explained it in this bit, you know, in this like yeah. podcast that we're doing right now, it might be easier than me just like trying to respond and try to tell them everything. Yeah. Have all the information in one place, you know? So I love that you have those resources up. I definitely wished that was available to me. Right. When I started, there was nothing like there, there's literally nothing. I tried so many things for six months. I've been off of it now for, uh, four years, four years now, but, um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But it was, it was very hard and there wasn't any resources out there, which is why I wanted to bring you on because after I did my first podcast episode of just even sharing my story, the amount of DMs that I got from people that were struggling with it was insane. Like literally insane. That, really? and then, yeah, it's insane. And no one talks about it. And so you were one of the few people that I saw openly talking about it. And I was like, I need to bring you on. <laughs> shame. You feel embarrassed. Like that's another big issue with this drug is the shame around it. You feel guilty for Mm -hmm. like needing it so badly. And I want others to know that like, I see them, like I see how hard it is and like, they're not alone because Mm -hmm. I mean, I could get tearful thinking about it. Like I felt so alone and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, like I went through puberty on Adderall. I don't know who I am. Like, so I've been learning who I am for the first time and it's beautiful. And also like the most, like the, just heart-wrenching thing at the same time because it's like wow like I can do this Mm -hmm. wow I can write a book proposal and send this off to agents in two months and prepare for a baby and you know have a you know put up a new blog in one week yeah (laughs) and do you know actual work and you know have a self-care routine and like work out daily doing all of that without Adderall and I I just think that other people need to know that it's possible Mm -hmm. to do that with ADHD and without Adderall. I love that. I absolutely love that. So for people that are probably at this point where they know they need to make a change, would you, I think, I think the best resource that they can go to is just your blog right now, right? Go directly to your blog. Do you have any last words or last tips for someone that 
may be struggling. Maybe they've tried to get off Adderall and have been unsuccessful. Maybe they've been like me where they were seeing therapists and no one could relate to them. No one could understand exactly what they're going through. Do you have any like last words or tips for that person that's in that stage where they they've tried and they've been, you know, unsuccessful, or maybe they're going through some brain fog issues. Like what would you say to someone in that stage of their journey? I would say, use EMDR therapy to get rid of the addiction memory first and then focus on a food code so that you can function daily and move your body just a little bit. Use this the guidebook on my site. If you don't know where to start, at least there's something there um, because it is possible. It's just that it there's anhedonia afterwards and it will go away, but and anhedonia is just like when you feel like you have no desire for life or like things aren't exciting anymore, depression, mm-hmm. and you feel like, okay, this is never going to end. And you just get back on it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you get rid of the addiction memory, you won't want to go back on it and you'll keep navigating this, like this mm-hmm. new world and realize you can do it. So for EMDR therapy, I know that you said you linked your doctor and you have a link for that in on your blog and on your site. And he explained it, a lot of it on his site. Okay, but they would have to seek a professional in their area that specializes in that, correct or no? He does online. He does online. Wow, that's amazing. I'm okay. not sure how many pe- people he's taking right now, but I mm-hmm. do know that he probably knows other people, can refer And at least you go to his site and you'll learn a little bit about, because what he did was very specific and not all of them will target the addiction memory, Mm -hmm. go to MDR therapy and they'll start like working you through this. No, they need to target that first, then work to get rid of the trauma. They need to target Mm -hmm. the actual memory of the addiction. Okay. So start at your website and then they can kind of self-educate and find resources from there. His his site explains a lot of how these different therapies and, and other therapies work too, CBT, um, hypnotherapy. There's a lot of different methods, but mm-hmm. EMDR worked for me. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I will link everything in the show notes. Modern Factory Girl is where people can find you on Instagram, on TikTok. I will link your blog and everything below. Thank you so much, Audrey. Seriously, like Wow. What an amazing podcast episode. I feel like I learned so much and I'm so grateful. And I know that there's so many people that are grateful for you just sharing your story and being able to have the strength and have the power and have the desire to want to put out this content and these resources for people. Because I know for me personally, I wish that there was someone like you that was ahead of me in my journey. Me too. I wanted like, I wish that I'd had like a big sister or someone that's that like, it's going to be okay. Like you can do this. It is possible. There's nothing out there. And yeah, I want to be that for other people because I wish I'd had it. All right. Thank you so much, Audrey. And you guys, if you want to find her, I'm going to link everything that you can find her at modern factory girl in the show notes below. Thank you so much for being on Audrey. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit torinishino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.